We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 913-586-7798 the phone number to get in here on a Monday afternoon. Luckily, this story has a happy ending because particularly given some of the feelings about Tesla, the community is reaching out to support this business, but this stinks the way this started. Oh, yeah, it does. And and I, I love your optimism that this will have a happy ending because up till now, they still haven't paid. <laughs> they least, haven't, but, uh, yeah, but the community is to. turning out. Here's, yeah. here's what happened. So you have a pie company. Uh, it's a minority-owned, black-owned business uh, in Los Angeles. And San Jose. Oh, Sam is I'm sorry. Yeah, it was, based, yeah. yeah, you're right. KGO. Uh, sorry. So, yeah, so they're uh, they they get a call from Tesla, and they say, you know, because it's Silicon Valley, they work for tech companies all the time. They get special orders in and things like this, and they got an order for two thousand mini pies uh, for some kind of event that Tesla was having on Valentine's Day. So they said, okay, with an order that big, we need some of the money up front. So they started sending invoices to Tesla so that they could buy the ingredients and get all the overtime paid for and everything else. And finally, they got a call after chasing down Tesla saying, hey, look, we need some money. If you guys want these pies, we're going to have to get paid. And they got a call from a woman who said, hey, I, yeah, I'm real sorry. It was a screw up on our part. No problem. And by the way, now we need 2000 more. So this is a week out. She said, we need 4,000 pies, and we'll get you the money as soon as we possibly can. A couple of days go by. We get to Friday before Valentine's Day. Not only does Tesla not pay for the pies, they canceled the order. Yeah. Uh, she, the restaurant, uh, the pie shop, sent Tesla a quote, which they approved. So they approved the amount of money this was going to cost but did not send payment. So the restaurant reaches out to Tesla about the lack of payment. And she said, oh, I'm so sorry that vendor hadn't paid you yet. I think they're kind of new. Oh yeah, this is before. That's when they double the order. Yeah. And they had to work around the clock in order to accommodate the job because that's a lot to get done. In a week, she yeah. Also, in a week. She also said she had to cancel other orders in order to make this happen and buy more ingredients. And then she gets a text message that says, we're, we're changing plans and we'll not be needing the order. Uh-huh. And no justification. I mean, they didn't say why. They just said, nah, we're not going to buy them. Sorry. And it's not like she can just hurry up and sell 4,000 pies. <laughs> Mini pies, yeah. Right, uh, you know, right. I'm, I'm guessing that means it's like a single serving thing. You know, each person mm -hmm. gets one or whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean, you can cancel an order like that, and they've put her 
on bad footing in so many different ways. Not getting paid for what she had to buy extra, not getting paid for the overtime, not getting the other jobs that she would have gotten paid for that she had to cancel. Yeah, uh, I mean, they really shafted her hard, and it's a small business. Yeah. They can't take that kind of hit. So she asked more questions and was told the decision came from upper management, which doesn't help anything. (laughs) I don't really care who made the decision. Gee, who's upper management at Tesla? (laughs) Um, Uh Somebody remind me. Yeah. Um, So what's good about this is that the community now is turning out to support this business. But she's still out the 16 grand. Now, the update on the story is that Elon Musk himself has said he will, quote, make things good. Now, that doesn't necessarily say we're going to give you all the money we promised to. Yeah. But but he said he's promised to make things good with a California bakery after his company backed out of the order. He said that he didn't know about it initially, uh, but apparently people started going after him on Twitter. And since he owns that, that's not really a thing he likes to have happen. (laughs) Uh So, uh, yeah, he said he tweeted, just hearing about this, we'll make things good with the bakery. Uh, And that was it. So, again, does that mean that he's going to write them a check? I kind of hope so. So I wonder what was in, if anything, boy, as I take this back, if there was a contract between the bakery and Tesla it probably in there had would have a clause about cancellation, just like anything. If you you know um, make uh, make a deal for a hotel online, usually there's a cancellation policy. You can cancel until 24 hours before. But it sounds like there wasn't a contract here. She just sent them over. Here's how much this is going to cost, and they agreed. Next time, I suspect she's going to have in writing. Yeah. You have to, if you're going to cancel, you owe, or have them put something down up front. You got to put any orders over a thousand dollars. You got to put five, half of it down up front. Right. Yeah. I'll be glad to start processing your order as soon as you hand me a check. Right. And it doesn't have to be for all of it, but no. it's got to be for a lot of it. Yeah. And, and a lot of times those contracts are ironclad. We, uh, we just had this happen in our family. Uh, I have a relative who was going to get married and then decided not to. Um, they had already paid for the venue. They got nothing back even though they canceled six months in advance they got not a dime back and is that because the contract said that yep or yeah you gotta read that stuff mm-hmm. yeah uh, gotta... but who thinks you know when everybody's no getting one. ready for a wedding <laughs> that this is that this is you the kind of thing think. that's gonna happen right <laughs> uh so yeah it, you better believe that that's gonna be if it's not already in her contracts the woman who runs this bakery that it's gonna be in there from now on 913-586-7798, what should Tesla do to make this right? He didn't say make it right. He said make it good. Yeah, to make it not the same good. thing. Uh-huh. So he can hand her a new cyber truck. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, and sorry. then a second one for when that one dies yeah, right. and doesn't work anymore. Or rusts Have a away to nothing, ready. yeah. Um, yeah, so do they owe her anything? And what should what should Elon Musk and his gazillion dollars be doing? to make this okay uh 913-586-7798 still to come we've talked about surge pricing with a lot of travel related things and we're used to it with things like uber and lyft we'll tell you who's getting into the surge pricing game next year on kmbz all right i don't like where this is going but we've talked about surge pricing with uber and lyft we've talked about it with hotels we've talked about it with Ticketmaster. being the more in demand something is the more they are going to charge for it 
and those prices fluctuate based on that demand. Now we go to restaurants. Uh-huh. And the first one to step into this is Wendy's. And for the life of me, I cannot. Well, I, I, I know. I think I know why they're doing it. But, I mean, it's obviously to make more money, which is why you do anything when you're in business. But what they're going to do is institute digital menu boards so that when they want to up the price, they just hit the switch and bing, it goes from $3 for a burger or whatever to $4 for a burger. And if you happen to go at lunchtime, if you're there between noon and one, then you better believe you're going to get the surge price, where if you go into 2.30, 3 o'clock, you're probably going to pay less. They said with the dynamic pricing model, which is what they call it, <laughs> the chain's iconic Dave single could increase by as much as $1 at lunchtime and drop by the same amount after the lunch rush. Uh, I'm struggling with this because I get it. I, I understand it. We're willing to pay surge pricing and we understand that, that you pay more for things when they are higher in demand like energy or like gas or i mean we we accept that in other areas of our lives why does this feel so icky to me yeah you're right and i don't know but i can tell you that if i'm standing in line at wendy's waiting to put my order in and i see the price oh. of the of the burger go up by a buck i'm walking out i probably what they're counting on is that you don't go to wendy's enough i don't to notice <laughs> yeah right if, if the burger is a dollar higher. And even if you do notice, you're probably already committed to going and you're just gonna pay it. Most of us, when we order at McDonald's or wherever you go, you order, they yeah. tell you the total, and you're you're in it by that point. To your point, when I, when I am driving to McDonald's, it, uh, you know, if, if I'm gonna go drive to McDonald's and get a quarter pounder, on my drive there, I have no idea what the price of a quarter pounder is. Right. I mean, I know kind of in general what the price right. of it, but I don't know exactly. So if it was different by 75 cents, I wouldn't know. And what they're counting on is that if you go at a slower time and it's cheaper, you think, wow, that's a great deal. I'm going to go back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, well, there's two things about this that I'm curious about. Actually, kind of three, but they're all related to each other. The first is that Wendy's is the most expensive fast food. Text line saying that too. They, yeah. They're already there. So, and they're not talking about, no, we're going to make the price lower in off peak. No, no, no. We're going to raise the price on peak. So they're going to go from being the most expensive already to being even more expensive. So that's not great. Um, the other thing that I notice is Wendy's are almost never as heavily traveled as their competitors. In fact, there's, there's a Wendy's two miles from here. And I yeah. never see, and, and it's a lousy location. It, it's weird. It's off of the frontage road on Shawnee Mission Parkway, and it's just bizarre. But there's never anybody in there. And uh, and so what a move like this says to me, when you're going to be the first one to dip your toe in that water and you're already the most expensive and maybe least you know traveled of, of the fast food competitors, of McDonald's, Burger King, and whatever, that I'm wondering if this doesn't mean Wendy's is in some trouble. I wonder about it, too. My fear is that other restaurants are going to do the same thing. Oh, yeah, especially if they're successful with it. If it doesn't ding yeah. them in terms of the number of people who go, then, yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that would be other companies leaving money on the table. That's not going to happen. Yeah, I'm going back and forth about it. Um, somebody just asked, calling us out a little bit, when we sell advertising time, 
do we charge as much per minute or per spot at 2 a.m. as we do at 6 a.m.? Oh, and the answer is no, but that charge at 6 a.m. is going to be the same. For, you know, so the rates are going to be the same. Yeah, there are on-peak and off-peak rates, yes. So should the same not apply to restaurants then, I guess? Well, but the reason for that is because, I mean, the justification is you have so many more people listening right. at, at 6 a.m. Yes. than you do at 2 a.m. Where yes. the justification for a burger, nothing changes as far as the company is concerned. You know, right. I still pay you for a burger. I get the same burger. Why should that be different? Because there's value in having more sets of ears hear your advertisement. To me, there's no value. There's no added value to getting a burger at noon versus getting one at 11 o'clock. Just like some of the other things that we've talked about with with demand. I don't like that hotels charge more on Fridays and Saturdays than they do during the week. But they do. But they know they can. <laughs> yep. Because you are more likely to travel on a weekend than you are during the week. They do it. They do it because they know they can. I feel like with Wendy's, you have too many other options that you'll you'll go through this one time, but there's nothing that Wendy's is so much better at. I mean, Burger King could do it if you want a Whopper, you know, I mean, some of these restaurants could do it because they make a thing that people really like that you can only get there. Mm -hmm. The only thing I think of at Wendy's is and I can't even think the. The Frosty. Oh, the Frosty, yeah. That's yeah. Baconator. <laughs> I couldn't get through one of those things if you paid me. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I appreciate that they are very, very popular. Um, yeah, I uh, I don't know. Wendy's just isn't, to me anyway, it's never a destination. It's I got off the interstate, and this is the only thing here. Yeah, exactly. That's the only time. I, I can't think of when I've ever been to the one by the radio station. Because it's close to 30 other restaurants I, I tell that you, sound better. I did once. I did once be, <laughs> because they had a special. Um, this is back, with, back, Colin, before you got here. But they had a special that they were running that if you bought two of the breakfast sandwiches, they were $2 each. And so I stopped and got one for me and one for our, our producer at the time, for uh, Jason. Somebody just mentioned restaurants already do it. Sit-down restaurants already do it, like doing specials. If you go between 3 and 5 p.m. Or like happy hour Early between birds. 3 and 5 p.m. Yeah. Yeah. But that, that's, um, that scene is a discount, is an off-peak discount. Right. It, you know, uh, you know, you could say philosophically, okay, yeah, it, it seems like that, but it doesn't really matter. You're still raising the prices when it comes to, you know, after 5 p.m. So I can see it from that standpoint. But this is them saying, okay, we're going to start with the menu prices now and then just bump things when it gets when it gets more popular would you will you do this this is going to start in 2025 next year will you avoid wendy's because of this will you do it and will you take advantage of the quote-unquote lower pricing earlier in the day like i wonder what happens on the app let's say you order i never do this but let's say you're going to order an hour ahead and like if pizza places did this and you order you know, at 4 p.m., you order the pizzas that you're going to pick up for the party you're having at 7 o'clock. Are you paying the price for 4 p.m. or for 7 p.m.? Yeah. How many of you have to show up before all of, all of a sudden it's peak time? Right. Right. And does peak time fluctuate based on the day? Like it does, again, like it does with Uber and Lyft. Sure. Could. So uh, 913-586-7798 if you want to get in here. Um, I can't tell if phones are ringing. Are phones ringing here or should we move on? Uh, we, we, yeah, we can hit one more thing before the bottom. 
Okay. Um, so we'll follow that and then uh, see what ends up happening here. Um, do we have time? Let's talk about your your Fazoli's experience here real quick. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I've made no uh, mystery of the fact that my favorite thing to eat in the entire world is stuffed shells. When it comes to Italian food or when it comes to just food in general, I love them. And I can't tell you why. It's just it's been a favorite of mine since I was a little kid. And nobody around here has them. We've got a bunch of, of really good Italian restaurants. Nobody, to, to my knowledge, does stuffed shells. So we got back into town over the weekend and was driving down Shawnee Mission Parkway and saw not one but two billboards for Fazoli's new stuffed shells. And I went, oh, great. Okay, so finally, a restaurant in Kansas City is doing stuffed shells, and it's fast food. Lovely. Um, so I decided, you know what, if it's as close as I'm going to get, it's as close as I'm going to get. Uh, I got it not the way it normally comes. I got just red sauce on it because that's how I like it. Uh, normally they do a combination of red sauce and Alfredo. It's like a, almost like a vodka sauce sort of. Okay. Uh, but I got it with that. It's, I'm going to use your term. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it it scratched the itch, but uh, Uh I I was happy to see them. What I'm hoping, though, is that a really good restaurant here in town sees this and says, boy, you know what? We should do that because, yes, you should. And you should use your sauce, which is, I'm thinking, better than Fazoli's. What were they stuffed with? Ricotta. So that's the problem. I know you're not a fan. Well, but I make really good stuffed shells. Because my family likes them. And so I, I do a really good version of it. You're right. I don't like ricotta by itself. I'll, but I'll mix it with cottage cheese sometimes to oh, make okay. it nice and creamy. And, yeah. But I think a lot of people dislike ricotta. And that's probably why they're hard to find. It's not as popular. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, yeah, there are other things. Like manicotti is a stuffed pasta. But manicotti yeah. are thinner. It's, yeah. it's all about the ratio. You know, the, yeah. the noodles are much thinner. And they're also smooth, which means they don't hold the sauce as well. Um, and so, yeah, manicotti are okay, but when you got to have stuffed shells, you got to have stuffed shells. Uh, you're right. What's the other? It's manicotti, and what's the other one? Uh, the other stuffed pasta? Um, yes. That's in uh, long. Can- cannelloni. Th- Thank you. Yes. Um, same thing. You're in that more a lot for the toppings. And, yes. I mean, when you talk about a stuffed shell, you're right. It's the size of a baseball, <laughs> open face, yeah. uh-huh. stuffed with cheese. And, and the noodle and that's is, what you want. is thicker. You get a better chew right. out of it. Yeah. Huh. All right. If anybody knows where he can get them besides Fazoli's, <laughs> help a guy out. Yeah, really. 913-586-7798. Uh, we'll take a break. Coming up, uh, we are about to hit the groundbreaking for the eastward expansion of the Kansas City streetcar. It's an exciting time, especially when we hear about parking prices for the new Casey Current Stadium. We'll go further into that next year on KMBZ. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. 
Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. This Friday is a big day for the future of the Kansas City streetcar as we mark the beginning of eastward expansion. Special guest to tell us more about it. And the man behind it all, Tom Guerin, joins us once again from KC Streetcar. Tom, welcome back. Well, thanks for having me, guys. Happy to be here. Absolutely. It's an exciting time. So take us through what you're up to this week and what's going to be involved in all of this for you personally and what we're going to see happen outside. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to happy to do that. Well, first of all, the clarification is Friday morning. Uh, we have our groundbreaking for the riverfront extension. We are studying an eastward extension. I think you you referenced eastward extension. Uh, we're not starting construction of the eastward extensions yet. We're still planning those, but we are uh, this Saturday, uh, getting I'm sorry, this Friday, getting ready to break ground on our riverfront extension, which will extend the streetcar from the river market, uh, obviously north to uh, the Berkeley Riverfront Park. And this is a project that's been been a long time coming. Actually, over six years, we've been planning, um, thinking about, uh, designing, uh, preparing to break ground. And and actually, we started these conversations before there was a building on the riverfront. And what an amazing opportunity to help to build a new front door, obviously, for Kansas City to connect assets like the Casey Kern Stadium, as well as all of the other activities that are that are growing and, and really connecting the rest of the city to the riverfront, which for Kansas City is, is where it all started. Take us through, uh, because I think a lot of people don't realize how long plans are in the works before we have the start of something. Take us, for those who don't remember the history, take us through some of the history that got us to the idea of this moving. I, I call it east to me. Berkeley Park is east of the riverfront. I'm not so good with directions, but to do this next, uh, this next leg. Yeah, well, again, you know, we always started downtown with the belief and vision that we could prove the power of public transportation to connect our city and to do it in a high-quality way that would bring right activity and energy and pride uh, to Kansas City through really solid and intentional public transportation investments. And and downtown proved that in spades. We're seeing the benefits of that. We're going to carry thousands of people this month. We're moving into March and Big 12s and um, obviously, the NFL draft and all of the things that we've been able to participate uh, in downtown, sort of supporting and, and bringing to downtown. And the belief always was that that value would help make the case for extending uh, the system over time. And we've been, we're now 70% built on the Main Street extension south, and at the same time, obviously, planning a northern extension. The riverfront is is a unique area. Many people probably don't know, unless you've been around Kansas City for, for a long time, it was a dump for for decades um, where we really, the city turned turned our backs on the river. And the Port, uh, port KC has done a tremendous job of, over decades reclaiming that with beautiful parks and access, but it really sits on an island. It's, it's surrounded by railroad tracks and topography and bridges with no access. And we knew uh, when we built the, the downtown streetcar that, you know, connecting ultimately to the river on the riverfront and, and really, again, facing the river once again could help solve the transportation and connectivity challenge. 
and activate the riverfront and make it accessible uh, for all of Kansas City. So it's been part of the vision and plan for a decade, and it's, we're really thrilled uh, this Friday morning uh, to be down in Berkeley uh, breaking ground and, and looking forward to construction and operations. Definitely. And, and uh, you know, I, I ask this in a way so as not to kind of put the rush on you, but but the thing that we're all <laughs> curious about, especially given the stadium and everything else that's going on and, and making that whole area more exciting, is what are we looking at for a timeline? Well, so we're starting construction, obviously. Uh, this year we'll be building uh, through 24 and, and um, through 25, uh, we, we think we'll be done construction uh, most with most of construction by late 25 operations in early 26. We understand the pressure, uh, lots, lots happening down there, uh, and we're excited really in the interim to ramp up existing service, support all those activities through coordinated transportation strategies, uh, shuttles, obviously walking and biking. I think, you know, there's been a lot of obviously interest in in the Casey Current announcement, and uh, thanks to the longs, you know, for decades uh, we put assets on the edge of town and and made it really hard for people to to get really maybe easy by car, but hard hard through other means. Uh, they're they're investing in an amazing facilities, part of a vision for uh, creating obviously a downtown and a riverfront that we hoped would come to life when we started these conversations around streetcar six or seven years ago. And we have an opportunity, again, through transportation to activate, to leverage the activities. And these things don't come easy. Uh, They're 10-year propositions from the starting of the idea to uh, the implementation. And really, credit to a solid partnership with Kansas City of Kansas City and Port KC and the ATA uh, for staying the course and doing the hard work. Because it's really easy to sit back and be critical of, you know, all of the challenges. And at the end of the day, we're going to have an amazing riverfront that's going to be fully connected uh, to downtown, to midtown, to the plaza, uh, making it easy, uh, again, through a range of strategies over time. And, it, and it's going to take a little, you know, there's going to be some lessons learned. There's going to be some, we'd like to say some growing pains, but growing is good. And um, the riverfront is, is going to be an amazing asset, I think, that Kansas City can be truly proud of. Tom, I have a map in front of me of the area that we're talking about. Can you describe for us from that last station on Delaware, because for those who don't know there, it runs on Delaware at that spot to River Market. How's it going to go? Where's it going to go? What route's it going to take to the riverfront? And where will the stop be? So, yes, a great question. So right now, our our route, if you're familiar with the downtown alignment, loops the River Market. Essentially, what we will be doing, instead of turning uh, when we're heading north, if you're heading north on, on the streetcar, Instead of turning at third, um, while you're going north on Grand, we're going to stay on Grand, and we're going to we're going to have a stop there at third and Grand, new stop that we're constructing, and we'll be going right down the um, the Grand Avenue viaduct to what we call Mid River. It's essentially um, the pavilion area in the middle of the park uh, that you're probably familiar with, uh, just past the the um, the Union uh, development and really right by the hotel that's being constructed right now. So we'll be continuing straight on the Grand Boulevard and then obviously straight back south, tying in again to Third Street and then ultimately to Delaware. So it will serve as a northern terminus for all of uh, our really our Main Street extension and our downtown alignment. And when we're, we're all said and done with both of these projects uh, in 2026, we're going to have grown the system from a two-mile streetcar to line to a, 
almost seven mile streetcar and line and we'll be running the full route uh, with each car on a normal on a normal day. Tom, I, I want to drag you into a, a sort of a different area on this because you mentioned growing pains. And certainly with any venture like this, you're going to have some growing pains. And we saw some during that hot streak last summer when the when the temperatures were just unbelievably high for an extended period of time. And there were some issues with the tracks. Talk about what you've learned and, and what some of those growing pains yeah. have been and how you're going to deal with that in terms of laying out the new lines. So obviously we learned a lot Um you know, hard to believe, but the tracks in Main Street um, on the starter line are almost 10 years old. And while this infrastructure is designed to last a long time, you build a street, a bridge, a building, um, things happen over the life of that asset, and it requires work. And we put a lot into preventive maintenance and keep things moving, but you learn things. And, and obviously, that was our first project. We've learned from that incident and have changed the design of how we're actually building the track in the street and on bridges. Uh, there's things with this route and this design in, in particular that are different. It is a bridge, it's curved, so expansion joints and some other aspects to the design that are not currently uh, part of the starter line, You're right? The things that, that we've identified that are unique to this uh, design challenge, uh, as well as, again, how do we make the system more resilient how do we make sure that, uh, right, it, it ha- we, we have the reliability targets and, and the longevity uh, in the assets that we would want? So uh, there's a number of things sort of in the design that we've already incorporated. You know, things still can happen, but I think we feel really good about the design and uh, are excited to get it moving. We're getting questions about funding about how it is being paid for. And I know um, the maintenance part get con- gets confusing for people about um, the special taxing and all that kind of stuff. But just take us through the actual construction, how that is paid for. Well, yeah, great question, because there's been a lot of conversations about sort of the project costs. So the total project cost is $61 million. And and a lot of people say, man, it sounds like a lot. And it is a lot. Uh, But I would say you're thinking about, you know, a high level of connectivity for a 50-plus year period of time. We're building a generational connection for Kansas City, Uh, You know, we spend more than that on its individual interchanges in town, and we think this is an investment that will more than pay for itself over the life of the asset and, frankly, you know, have an amazing return uh, in a very short period of time. So $61 million in total, a lot of people are focused on that, um, and rightfully so. A very fair question. One of the things I'm particularly proud of is our team. We've got 10 different funding sources that we've identified and secured over the last 24 months to fund this project. 35 million of that 61 is coming from a range of federal sources. So originally when we started off and we, and we thought the project was gonna be smaller, we had about $14 million in federal funding. We successfully captured an additional $20 million in federal funding through a range of programs over about the last 18 months. And then the other 25 million is coming from local and it's a combination of partner contributions. So Streetcar, Port, Kansas, uh, Port KC from developments on the riverfront, um, as well as our partners at the ATA. So the three entities really helping to fund some of the local, but the bulk of the money is coming through federal money that we went out and got. We competed with projects all over the country and within Kansas City region. And um, yeah, are excited. We think again, it's it's gonna be a great, great return on investment and really transform Again, the connectivity of the riverfront uh, for all of Kansas City. So tell us about the groundbreaking on Friday. Uh, What's going to happen? Will there be a ceremony? 
There is. So we are going to be down at the riverfront at um, the pavilion area at 10, 10 o'clock in the morning, and we're going to be obviously, uh, as you might expect, making some remarks. And then there's going to be a period after that where there's a meet and greet, and there's going to be great opportunity. If people have questions for team members, our construction, any of our project partners will be there to answer questions if people have them about what to expect, and really just a celebration of the milestone of, you know, that. Obviously, a lot of hard work to just get to the construction. Now, the real hard work remains uh, with actually getting the project built and operational over the course of the next few years. Uh, but this is a huge milestone for the city and, and as we bring that connection to reality. Outstanding. Well, we'll be looking forward to seeing it all go down on Friday. And Tom Guerin with KC Streetcar. Again, thanks so much for being with us. We always thanks love talking to you. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. You bet. Take care. Thanks, Tom. Appreciate it. Uh, if you have thoughts about it, and some of you have thoughts about it, 913-586-7798. Feel free to get in here. Uh, still to come, we have, boy, it didn't take long. Another major airline has decided to raise uh, the prices for checked bags. I thought we had a carry-on problem. Why are we raising prices for checked bags? We'll get to that coming up here on KMBZ. All right, I have a question for Casey Current uh, season ticket holders and members, because I'm not one, and so I can't find this out online. Uh, Colin found a tweet from uh, somebody who posted a screenshot of going, because today is the day that you can buy the parking passes for their 50 bucks. And so somebody posted a screenshot of their purchase and we were a little bit off in terms of the amount. My question is, if you are a season ticket, if you're a member, do you have to go through SeatGeek to get the parking pass or can you get it some other way? Um, we were pretty close though. Uh, $700 is the base fee to 50 bucks per match. Uh, sales tax is just under 70 bucks per, um, let, me, let me rephrase that. It's 69 bucks on the order of 700. Credit card processing fee is $26. And then a SeatGeek fee of 21 bucks <laughs> for a total of about $817. Do you have an option to not go through SeatGeek? Is there another way to do it so you can at least skip that? Uh, yeah, you save yourself the 20 bucks or 21 bucks or whatever it is, uh, which isn't going to make a, a big difference, but every little bit helps, right? So somebody tell me, Again, I I suspect Reddit tonight, Reddit's going to be on fire about this. Yep. This is the kind of thing where people are going to be posting pictures of how much it costs them to go to these games. But, yeah, I mean, keep in mind, the person who posted that on X bought it. Bought them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they, they didn't say, and so I'm not even doing this. They put up the money. So, yeah, uh, yeah and I'm, it's, so it's 14 games. Uh, so the total comes out to $58 per. Once you've got all the taxes and fees yes. in there, it's $58 per game that it's going to cost you if you do this. Now, the single games are probably going to be more expensive than that. Yes. Because they always want to give you some kind of a discount for getting the full season's worth. What I, the other thing I realized about the press release that came out from the Casey Current is that when they gave a list of options in terms of how to get to the stadium that did, besides parking, they did not put Uber and Lyft on there. Want to talk about surge pricing for a second? Those nights will be a good time to be an Uber and Lyft driver. Oh, yeah. Holy cow. <laughs> Just to keep people from having to spend that extra 58 bucks a game. Yeah, um, that'll be a good time to be an Uber driver because you're not going to want to walk the mile. Streetcar is not going to run even close to that yet. Yep, I, that's, you know, I, I like my car. According to Yahoo Finance, the current switch, it's ticketing technology to SeatGeek uh, in 2022. So I 
Okay. So you it's going to be like resale stuff maybe, but if you're trying to buy directly from the club, it'll you'll have to go through SeatGeek. You got to go through SeatGeek. All right. Okay. Thank you, Colin. Fantastic. Great. Okay, speaking of fees, <laughs> last week we talked about how American Airlines was raising their checked bag fees. I do not understand this. I, I don't get why of all the places airlines could raise fees, I don't get why it's the checked bag fees. But United now is going to do it. In fact, they already started it. Uh, they started charging customers the higher price on Saturday. They have raised their check, uh, checked bag fee by five bucks. So now it's $40 for your first checked bag. $35 if you pay online at least 24 hours before your flight. That's an increase of $5 for each option. Here's what I don't get about this. I thought airlines were having a serious problem with people not checking bags. We have an overhead bin space crisis. Yes. Of people that bring that don't want to check bags. We're getting better at packing economically and we're putting stuff in the overhead bin and then we run out of overhead bin space and you got to gate check your bags. Why not? I'm not saying I want them to do this, but why not charge fees then for carry-on bags <laughs> instead? I'm not endorsing the Spirit Airlines model yeah. as a new Spirit Airlines secret saver member, but that's where you have the pro. You want more people to check bags. Well, yeah, well, I, I think there's two reasons. Number one is a sort of a philosophical reason where you want to give people a fee that they feel like they have control over. Okay. So, you know, if... if it, it, you know, if, if you have a checked bag fee, well, that makes people think, okay, well, I don't have to pay that. I can stuff everything in my carry-on. So I, I can still control that. Where are the people that that doesn't matter to or the ones who cannot pack light are going to be forced to pay whatever you want them to? The other reason, the more practical reason to do that is because that space in the cargo hold, unlike what goes on with the overhead compartments, that space in the cargo hold is saleable. They can make money with that, even if from if you, other places. Yes, if you don't check your bag, they'll sell it as cargo space. Okay, that makes sense to me now. That math makes sense. Yes, um, am I unique in that I rarely check a bag? Do most oh, people? I, I almost never do. We we didn't for our trip just now. We didn't check bags on the way down, but we bought stuff while we were down there. <laughs> so, right. uh, so what I did is I went on Facebook Marketplace, found a suitcase for twenty bucks. Bought yep. it and use that as my check bag on the way home. Yep, I've done the same thing. I will, um, I will, I own a duffel bag that folds up very, very small. Yeah. And I'll take that with me so that I can check that on the way back if I need to. Let me ask you a question because uh, I, I was wondering when we walked into the shop whether this is just the, the fact that we were in Treasure Island, Florida, <laughs> that was <laughs> the reason for this. Those, the, the bags that are designed to fit in the overheads, you know, the, mm -hmm. the rectangular ones. What do those normally cost? I'm looking around for the one I just bought. Um, I mine mine are a set. This is me going to have a, not a great answer to your question. Okay, you can spend five hundred dollars on one if you want to. Sure, I mean depending on what you're looking for. But if you're just looking for a utilitarian, you know, basic black whatever. 50 bucks go to tj maxx then it was because we went to we went to target and we went to walgreens and we went to a couple of other places along treasure island beach the cheapest one we found was 120 bucks yeah you can i've i have never bought luggage at tj maxx but that's what people say is go to tj maxx and look yeah I'm, and, well, and like, grab one there like i said marketplace i let somebody else take the hit <laughs> oh you and, and you may as well get it used because it's just going to be beaten up anyway of course yeah so yeah, that was a good way to go. All right, we'll take a break here. Uh, coming up in the next hour, 
<laughs> some some terms I've never heard that we'll get to. And John's going to try the trivia questions that Ryan Weber and I completely failed at on Friday. All that's to come here on KMBZ. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.